0: Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome back to my reviews of the best all-mountain east skis of the current season. When we parted ways at the end of part one, I had just finished my reviews for the best power skis in the all-mountain east genre. We pick up the thread of our coverage with a brief description of the primordial qualities of an all-mountain east finesse ski. These are off-trail skis, but they are defanged, if you will. They don't take as much energy to load. They're easier to ski at slower speeds, not necessarily always making a short-radius turn, but not requiring an extraordinary amount of effort from the pilot in order to extract the desired behavior. Our top finesse ski in the all-mountain-east genre was the Solomon Stance 90, a new ski this year. And the best way to understand the stance grouping is to understand where it's fitting overall in the Solomon line. Keep in mind that Solomon already has a QST series of off trail skis that include a model, the QST 92, that's also in the All Mountain East genre. But Solomon wanted something that was a little bit more powerful on-trail than the QST, which skews heavily off-trail, as it should, as the design tells you it's going to, and totally appropriate. But they wanted something that was a little more flavored towards on-trail, call it a little more metal in the design, because that's certainly part of that, and maybe just a little more shape, so that they travel with greater facility, greater ease, uh, greater control, uh, on hard pack than the QST series, which is still established in the line and makes absolutely fabulous skis, including another member of this very same genre, the QST-92. Interestingly, the Stance 90 actually weighs less than the QST-92, even though the Stance 90 has metal in it. Um, And that means that it's going to really bite well on hard snow, which tells you that the Stance 90 is trying to tilt this 50-50 on-trail, off-trail equation in favor of the on-trail aspect. It has a little shallower side cut, so it's going to make a little quicker edge-to-edge transition. This is also a wonderful trait on-trail more than necessarily than off-trail. The Stance 90 has a shallower side cut than you would find with most carving skis, and it has a more slender silhouette, so it's quicker edge to edge than you find from more off-trail skis. It's its square tail in particular that tips its hand towards the on-trail side of the equation. Because it's easy to bow yet holds tenaciously in any snow condition, we recognize the Stance 90 with a silver skiing selection. The same is true for the Stance 90s roommate, if you will, the Solomon QST 92, also in the all-mountain-east genre and also a finesse ski. But the QST 92 is built specifically for off-trail application and only... Falls into this category once again by dint of its waist width, but its granddad, the QST 106, or great granddad, the QST 118, of which the QST 92 is a descendant, are distinctly off trail design. Before we get too lost in the technical details about what makes the QST92 such a good ski, let me hasten to point out that it is a superior value. Its suggested retail price is only $675, which may sound like a lot of money, but in the ski world, not so much. At any rate, QST92, terrific value, great off-trail ski, had an enormous boost in performance last year when they married up its design with that of the design of the QST99 and 106, which made it a much, much better ski. And they didn't raise the price too much. So they kept a terrific value, fairly lightweight, but remarkably powerful for that lightweight and a superior value for any level of skier. The next ski on our docket it was the ski of the year in this genre just two years ago, the Headcore 93. Did something terrible happen to the ski to cause it to fall in our rankings? No, we just can't mention all good skis in one breath. We have to kind of do things in some sort of order. The Core 93 could certainly just as easily have been dubbed the number one finesse ski in this genre because the scores are that close. What makes the Core 93 such a great ski is it is light done right, which is a head motto, but that's a true motto. They really did get light right in the sense that, sure, you notice it's lightweight, but if you don't fixate on its lightweight, then you don't notice the lightweight so much anymore, at least not in any potentially negative way. I guess as a ski tester, you're always worried when a ski is pitched as being light. It's sort of like, how many bullets did they shoot in its head? But in this case, there were no trade-offs. Head spent eight years working on graphene before they got to use this amazing carbon matrix that's only one atom thick in their off-trail skis. And Head's off-trail ski line is lamentable, before they figured out how to use graphene for these wide body skis. And it's an ideal use for the substance because the big problem of wide skis is they get too darn heavy. And the advantages of having a wide ski somewhat get mitigated by having a wide ski that skis like a Sherman tank. So anyway, the Core 93 is not a particularly wide ski, but the principles are the same in the sense that if you can get superior performance at lighter weight, well, there's less fatigue, you've got more energy, there's plenty of gas in the tank at the end of the day. And the Core 93 wasn't the first ski that they made. They archetyped this design in a Core 105. Um, So 93 is an apple falling fairly far from this tree, but that's what happens in the all-mountain-east genre. So that's, again, fairly typical of what goes on when skis get descended from big mountain designs and end up in the all-mountain-east genre. You end up with a footprint that's meant to travel off-trail. And in the case of the Core 93, a design that's also adapted for off-trail. So just the same way some of these designs are clearly skewed towards on-trail and the head V-shape 10, which we're going to talk about in a minute, is an example of that. The Core 93 clearly skewed towards zippy, fun, playful, you hardly notice you have them on your feet, and you take them on hard snow, and oh my god, they hold like hell. So again, terrific balance of on-trail and off-trail, but clearly skewed towards the off-trail side of the equation. Decidedly on the on-trail side of the equation is our next ski, the Head V-Shape 10. Now the V-shaped series started after the core series and tried to optimize graphene and all that it could do in terms of lightweight construction for the on-trail skier, just that core had essentially transformed what was possible for the off-trail skier. So V-shape is a frontside family. If you look at the rest of the line, you'll find that they are all frontside waist widths and will also be declined. In other words, they will be lesser skis than the 10. The 10 is the flagship of the V-shape series. From a design standpoint, the purpose of the V-Shape series was to push Head's advantage with graphene and its super light construction as far as they could go. Keep in mind that Head already has four of the best carving skis out there in their Super Shape series, but these are all metal-laden, burly skis that are best skied by more technical skiers. The V-Shape is trying to be, in contrast to that, as light as it can be. It has some other interesting qualities that are also attributable to the use of graphene. One of the things you've been able to count on for years is that the center of the ski is going to be thicker than it will be at either extremity. Because head can move graphene up and down the ski in order to locally change the flex characteristics, they can actually make a ski like the V-shape 10, that defies this principle and has, let's say, a thicker sidewall at the extremity. And so they can fool around with ski structures in ways that other brands cannot because they don't have this magical stuff. There's another thing to be aware about the V-shape 10 that is not within the ski itself, and that is that it has a companion product in the head family, which are light Boots, L-Y-T, is a uh, head creation um, that also made with graphene and of course some other materials more commonly used in boots. Uh, The goal again being to make a light, light, light system and then to marry it to this light, light, light ski. So the V-shaped 10-story More of a finesse ski than a power ski, certainly within the head carving pantheon and a ski that favors technical skiers, but they don't have to be technical skiers who want to haul around a lot of weight. the, The weight story is the key story in the v shaped 10. The next finesse ski in our lineup answers the question, what does it take for a small brand to stand out in a crowded field? And the answer provided by Liberty is to come up with a technology that keeps the ski absolutely glued to the snow, and yet the ski retains some liveliness to it. It is damp but not dead, as our tester Theron Lee put it, and he put it very accurately. Liberty began as a ski maker by starting with carbon and bamboo and building fairly wide skis, which is fairly common for uh, small batch brands to begin with wide-body skis. But when they'd wanted to go on trail, they knew that they had to up the ante in their design. And what they came up with was vertical metal technology that in a model like the V92 has three struts in it that are vertical metal struts running along the ski and it helps to hold not help to it it absolutely nails the ski to the snow so you have great snow connection because anything that tries to push the extremities up away from the snow surface the struts actively push the ski back in contact with the snow In the Evolve series, that is uh, different from the V series of the V92, they use a different sidewall construction, and they use the original two-strut design as opposed to the three-strut design of the V92 and its related models. The Evolved ninety is a terrific all terrain, all conditioned ski. It's a fun to ski in powder, duh, what isn't? It's also very strongly connected to the snow even in crud, which really can't knock it off track. It loves to ski on hard snow, which seems to be its mother's milk. It's lively, it's got excitement when you ski it. It's not a dull ski, uh despite being so well connected, and it doesn't overtax the pilot. You don't have to be a super good skier to ski a Liberty Evolve 90, you just have to be a skier. Our next finesse favorite is the Head Core 87 that's new this year. It's new because Head extended the Core line one more step down in the series that began with the archetypical head core being a 105. So clearly an off-trail design and core sort of reeks of off-trail in every way. It's trying to be lighter primarily, so a wider ski won't weigh so much. When we get down to an 87 waist width with this same construction, we have a ski which is obviously from its DNA, an off-trail ski, but at this waist width, it can go anywhere. And it demonstrates once again, the Extraordinary versatility of the core design. Now, the Core 87 is nothing like its kin, the V Shape 10. They're both in this genre, but remember the V Shape 10 is coming from the carving side of the equation. The Core is coming from the off trail side of the equation. What they share is the use of graphene, which enables Head to make the Core 87 burly enough to handle hard snow skiing. Keep in mind that. Head has actually euthanized a really great ski that I'm sure they were very happy with from a design standpoint, the Monster Series, classic head, wood and metal beasts that really could slay anything off trail. But the Monster is no more, and they're counting on the Core 87 to fill in that blank, which tells you that Head has a high degree of confidence that this Core 87 will satisfy an expert skier, even though one of its keynote characteristics is its lightweight design. Our next finesse favorite is the Rustler Nine from Blizzard? Now remember, Blizzard also has the Brahma 88 in this category. It was way up there in our rankings of power skis. The Rustler Nine is very definitely a finesse ski. It's softer at the extremities. It's easier to swivel. It's more forgiving in pretty much every direction. It is a sensational mogul ski, in part because it conforms so well to terrain. It never resists getting stuck into a small space that can easily sort of swim and slither through. Is it perfect for the? same guy who wants the Brahma 88? Probably not. The Rustler 9 skier is geared down a little bit, maybe geared down a bit in skills as well. The Brahma is more for the advanced skier. The Rustler 9 is really gentle to lower skill skiers, particularly the intermediate masses. The Rustler 9 has a clear off-trail bias. Uh, Its bigger brothers, the 10 and the 11, are clearly giant powder skis. When you get down to the Rustler 9, the clearly powder part kind of goes away. It's clearly meant for all terrain, but it's coming from a powder template. So that's what gives it this smeary and easy to push around characteristic that enables a lower skill skier to get away with murder in places where a more technical ski might have exposed their flaws. If you're the sort of skier that constantly finds himself in bumps or trees in these types of tight spaces, consider the Rustler 9 in lieu of something like the Brahma 88 because it will conform to terrain more easily and fit into tight spots better. There are several stories to tell about our next ski in the lineup, the Vocal Blaze 94. One of the first things to point out is its value. The Blaze 94 is not aiming for the top of the pyramid, they're aiming to hit a suggested retail price of 650 so that they can go out the door at a lower price and fit the needs of a skier who necess- doesn't necessarily need to buy the top end of the line they're going to be lighter weight which is in fact going to facilitate their off-trail suitability so vocal positions the Blaze 94 is both an inbounds and an out of bounds ski which is a totally legitimate claim part of the weight gain that they get to make it an off-trail ski or exclusively off-trail ski, I should say, is that part of the core is foam in lieu of wood, specifically to reduce weight. And they don't try to disguise this fact because the top skin on the ski is in fact transparent. Despite being bred for the backcountry, the Blaze 94 wouldn't have made our list if it wasn't also a competent on-trail ski, and it delivers on that front in part because it's got a little bit of metal underfoot, it's got square sidewalls, it's a stout classic construction, and it holds up extremely well on trail despite having a distinct bias, in fact, for the off-trail part of the mountain. Rounding out our finesse field appropriately is the K2 Mindbender 90Ti. I say appropriately because K2 has really mastered manufacture of skis for skiers who are finesse skiers. Doesn't not a reflection of ability again, it's a question of style. And the K2 skier prizes ease of use and that's why K2 used to sell zillions of Apaches. And if you're still running around on skis of the Apache Richter era, it's time for them to be retired, put them in a home, <laughs> don't put them back into circulation, and go get yourself a Mindmender 90 tie. Uh, it's got wooden metal construction. It doesn't have any foam in the core or anything like that, as pinnacles have had in the past. It's all wood core, and the metal is in the forebody and in the tail, although in the forebody it rides over the edge so it tucks into the top of the turn with more accuracy than it necessarily finishes the turn, which is designed to have a little bit of smear in it. Remember, this is a an off-trail family of which the 90 tie is the narrowest member of the family. So this ski comes from parents who lived their entire life off-trail. And when we get to the 90 tie, we have some on-trail, off-trail hybridization going on. I want to caution my dear listeners that just because the K2 has ended up at the tail end of our finesse category doesn't mean that it's at the tail end of the category in any sort of metaphysical way or any sort of physical way for that matter, Uh, we can't give every review simultaneously. There has to be an order because unfortunately, that's how printed words work and spoken words work as well. So the 90 Tie is in the club. It's in the club with full membership. It's a great all-mountain ski. For the right skier, it is bliss. If you fell in love with K2s in the past, you'll fall in love again with the Mindbender 90 Tie. Uh, It has all the versatility you're looking for. And once again, it's acclimated accent falls on ease of use, forgiveness, and opening up access to the entire mountain for a skier skill set that might not be able to do so if they didn't have such a forgiving ski underfoot. This concludes our coverage of the 17 unisex recommended skis from real skiers this year. Be sure to visit RealSkiers.com if you want to get the full skinny on the entire market before I can get around to recording all of it. Please visit the site. We're open 24-7, ladies and gentlemen. But I want to remind you also that... Even though we reviewed 17 skis, our test panel actually tried 12 other skis in this genre, and that's not counting a full slew of women's skis in this genre. If you are a gal, you'll want to stick around for my podcast on the women's all-mountain e-skis, because that is the sweet spot in the market for the female athlete. Until next time, this is Jackson Hogan. This has been Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Thanks for listening.